Good afternoon, good evening, buenas tardes, bonjour, pas bonsoir parce qu'on ne se couche pas maintenant. Mon pomeriggio, buonasera. This is Dr. Mario Olaplum uh, starting his fifth podcast of this series, the Badass Podcasting. And this uh, episode is called The Banality of Death. Banality of Death. <clears throat> I'm sorry. First of all, we'd like to thank all the nice people that have been listening to our podcast. Uh, thank God we're getting an increased audience and they're sending us the feedback to our email. It's email at drmolaplume.com. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast and keep sending suggestions, critiques, and uh, thanks to you. I'm not using uh, the term, as a matter of fact, almost never now. <clears throat> well, occasionally I might do it. Also, secondly, we'd like to thank all the nice uh, readers, listening, listeners, and fellow bloggers that have been buying our book, Emotional Frustration, The Hush Play, which is already in the all, almost all the major book platforms, platforms like Amazon, Barnes Noble, eBay, um, iPad, uh, Apple, Apple platform. And in the next few days, we're preparing the Audible version too. Thank you very much for your <clears throat> for your help. Thank you very much for your support, and we hope you are enjoying reading it. Today, we're going to talk about what's going on nowadays in our societies where we're becoming accustomed, we're becoming used to the concept of massive amounts of people dying in our midst due to this terrible pandemic, which is uh, reaching its second anniversary, sadly. And even worse, yesterday we, we learned in, uh, from the media that the World Health Organization has warned that we have a new strain called the Omicron that appeared in South Africa and it's slowly spreading across all Africa. And it may be very, it might be very dangerous because it has like 32 mutations of the, of the genomic structure of the virus. Well, let's hope that uh, the vaccines work and if they don't, uh, please let's get our scientists to prepare more vaccines. Okay, and as a as a person that has had the three doses of Pfizer already, which were, you know, quite uh, stormy, uh, let me tell you that I'm willing to get a fourth and fifth dose. This is something that's still going on. Let let us not kid ourselves. The pandemic is still going on. We still have to use basic social distancing. Yes, we can go to a bar restaurant, but we have to try to go outdoors, and you know we have to avoid large concentrations of people like, you know, festivals, uh, music, uh, concert, etc., etc. We're still not out of this pandemic. We have to take care of ourselves. And for all of those that do not have the vaccine yet, I, I we urge you to get vaccinated. You know, if we don't reach a critical uh, level, a critical number of people, like 80% of vaccinated people in the United States, we're still going to have spikes of the pandemic, of the virus, especially now that the wintertime is coming. Remember that here in South Florida, it's calm now. 
but soon there will be hordes of tourists coming from New York City, Chicago, uh, all over the United States to try to enjoy the vacation in South Beach, etc., etc. And that's very dangerous for all of us. <clears throat> well, this term, the banality of death, was inspired on the term banality of evil, uh, which was a very controversial term that was invented, created by the philosopher and political scientist called Hannah Arendt. H-A-N-N-A-H, A-R-E-N-D-T, Hannah Arendt. Uh, Hannah Arendt was a political scientist and philosopher born on October 14, 1906 in Linden, Germany, and she passed away, uh, sadly, of a heart attack on December 4, 1975 in the USA, I believe in New York City. <clears throat> Hannah Arendt was a very studious, studious Jewish uh, philosopher that uh, was in, initially got school in Germany. After she married Gunther Stern in 1929, she was slowly encountering signs of anti-Semitism in Berlin Street. Berlin was the capital of one of the most cultured, one of the most <clears throat> sophisticated cities in the whole of Europe, was becoming a cauldron for, for the fascist and uh, reactionary, intolerant brand of totalitarian, totalitarianism called National Socialism. In 1933, the year that Hitler came to power, she was uh, arrested briefly by the Gestapo, the, poli the police of the Nazi regime, for doing research on anti-Semitism in Germany. She knew then in 1933 that she had to flee Germany, and she did, first living in Czechoslovakia and then Switzerland. Finally, she settled in Paris to continue her studies and her writing. But in 1940, <clears throat> Adolf Hitler invaded France and made a pact with the Vichy regime, and half of France was occupied. She <clears throat> was briefly arrested, sorry, <clears throat> I have a little cough. She was briefly arrested, uh, but she could uh, escape to the United States where she spent the rest of her life. She published many books and she taught in many U.S. universities. But <clears throat> she's best known for studying the nature of power and evil as well as politics. She's better remembered for her opinions on the trial of Joseph Heidman, Eichmann, in Israel in 1962. Joseph Eichmann was a Nazi <clears throat> commander that supervised the transport of Jews from the Polish ghettos into the Auschwitz concentration camp. He fled after the war to Argentina, where many Nazis got refused, thanks to the connection with the local German community and the complicity of the Peronist regime who got paid a lot of money for the <clears throat> refuge service. Heidman uh, fled to Argentina, where he supposedly led a quiet life in the northern city of Sadate, working in uh, the Ford uh, auto plant there. But the, the Israeli secret service, the Mossad, got wind of his location and in a very daring operation, and there are films and books about it, <clears throat> very nice, 
I'm sorry. I remember as a child, I saw an account in the Reader's Digest. The Mossad uh, staged a very planned and very smart kidnapping operation, and he was swiftly taken to Israel in 1960, where he spent two years in jail. In 1962, finally, he got a public trial, the last public trial of the Nazi hierarchy and the many accounts of the proceedings. Anna Hannah Arendt was a witness of those proceedings. What's really striking is that Eichmann, uh, this uh, criminal, tried to pass himself in a very mischievous way for just a simple logistic engineer that was controlling the movement of trains and making sure that they were run on time. There was a, a, a there was a certain ordinary trait to him. There was a banality <clears throat> to his demeanor. And Anna Herent then coined the term in her dispatch because she was working for several news organizations in the USA, and she coined the term banality of evil. The ordinary state of this man who seemed to be a mediocre bureaucrat and that nonetheless committed such so many heinous crimes against humanity. <clears throat> at the time, I'm sorry, at the time Hannah Herent was very criticized by the some part of the American press and the intelligentsia because it seemed that she was uh, downplaying the severity of the Holocaust and the Nazi crime. On the contrary, she was explaining how a supposedly simple man, an obscure bureaucrat, could in a rather mechanical, in a rather, in a rather nonchalant way, supervise and and promote the demise of millions of millions of innocent people, and she turned our attention off to the fact that not all evil people are manifestly so. They're not all that those monsters we see in society in the in the Netflix series in the TV, okay? They're quite ordinary. Like many of the serial killers that have been, uh, that have appeared here in the United States, there seems to be an ordinary guy down the street, you know, minding his business, and he, rarely she, was capable of terrible crimes. So we coined that term, uh, banality of, of death, because after months of being glued to the TV screens to check the latest infections, and death statistics, and it was worse last year in the beginning of the pandemic. Remember how we were between March when the lockdown started in most modern societies until the summer. Uh, we were just glued to the television screen, you know, and terrified of what we were seeing. So many people becoming infected, so many dead. It was terrible. Motor, many of us, the majority of us, have suffered the loss of one of these relatives in our lives. So uh, at the time, you know, uh, we start. Uh, we we paid a lot of attention to the number. Slowly, over the month, especially after the arrival of the vaccines on December 2020, and the massive start of the vaccinations, and the start of the massive vaccination campaigns in January, February 2021, we started to pay a little bit less attention, perhaps, to those numbers. And I have to confess that it happened to me. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm paying a little bit less attention at the time. I'm saying that I don't want, I don't even want to see the statistics 
that CNN project of new cases and new uh, deaths, especially because in the last two or three months, the pandemic has eased a little bit in the United States due to the maxi vaccination campaign. I believe that now we are atop 60% of vaccinated American citizens. And because, you know, the, the, the summer month provided some relief to the virus. But slowly now, the statistics are picking up, especially in those states where the vaccination rates are not that good. And I'm talking about some northwestern states, some rural states, also some states in the deep south where many, there are many recalcitrant people that do not want to get vaccinated. So now we're uh, watching uh, the news in a, in a more light, light-hearted way. <clears throat> But we have to understand that the pandemic is still going on. It hasn't gone away. And the problem is that even though we're not that into it, like the younger people like to say, we're not paying that much attention, the numbers are picking up again. If we can believe the World Health Organization after the snafus of all the things they did wrongly in the pandemic, a new strain, a new dangerous strain, which has been recently called Omicron, O-M-I-C-R-O-N, emerged in South Africa. And you think that it has 32 variants, including a change of the spike pattern, which could mean that the immunity provided by the present vaccines might not be that effective. We don't know yet that's something that's been studied. But what we have to understand is that it's a real scandal that we're becoming new, we're becoming a little bit indifferent to the statistics of infection, of morbidity and mortality. The pandemic is still going on and it's still maiming, sending to the hospital and even killing millions of people around the globe. It's still going on. We're not through yet. So we believe that we should pay more attention again to those numbers. We have to leave our comfort zone. We have to leave our different. We have to leave our false belief that it's over and we can resume some kind of normal life. No, it is not over. The pandemic is not over and it won't be for several months already. The most optimistic uh, calculations speak about the end of 2022 or early 2023. So we need to continue ex uh, exercising uh, caution. We need to get vaccinated. I urge all of you that have not had the vaccine, please do, especially in the United States, where we have a plentiful availability of the best vaccines and they're gratis. We don't have to pay a single cent. Vaccines save lives, okay? Not only they, they save your life, it saves the life of your neighbor because you are not vaccinated, you, became, you become a reservoir of the disease and it's going to hurt people. We have to understand that the, the, what the public health officials <clears throat> are telling us every day is a, it's not sens sensationalism. It's not exaggerated. It's not something that they do that they cry in wool. No, the danger is real and we have to react and we have to pay attention again. Simone de Beauvoir, the great 
French writer once said that le plus scandaleux, scandaleux du scandale est de s'y habituer. Le plus scandaleux du, du scandale est de s'y habituer. Which means the worst part of the scandal is to get used to it. And we're getting used to the scandalous state of affairs where many American citizens are still, are still dying and, and getting infected of the pandemic. And we also have to consider that even though vaccinated people are protected, some of them do get the virus again, and there might be some consequence for that. So we have to <clears throat> practice caution. We have to keep some minimal social distancing. We have to use the mask. Pourquoi pas? Why not? Let's use the mask. It saves life. Okay, what's the problem of using masks? You're not in the street any longer, not with your family. But when you go to the store, okay, or when you're seeing patients, for example, us in hospital and clinic, we have to use the mask. We have to use the mask, physician, nurse, technician, and of course, patient too. Let's be careful. The Omicron variant might make things worse for all of us. As a matter of fact, I just spoke with my daughter, and she's telling me that she's going to get <clears throat> her third dose of Moderna next weekend with her boyfriend, you know. She's really scared. She's really scared because now she's living in L.A., in Los Angeles, and she sees that slowly the numbers, the statistics in hospitals and clinics, you know, medical centers are picking up again. And we might face a severe spike of the number of infection in the northern hemisphere wintertime, which is beginning now. So let's take precaution. Let's wise up, okay? Because there's no nothing. There's nothing ordinary about this pandemic, okay? Let's react. There's nothing ban banal. There's nothing ordinary. There's nothing non-consequential of the of of any aspect of this pandemic. Let's wise up. Let's free double effort. Let's continue practice social distancing. Our lives depend on it. Well, people, thank you very much for listening to us. I, we promise, I, we promise to give you another talk in a few days' time. We wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving, even though it passed, because it's really the best national holiday in the United States, the one that we all practice, regardless of creed, social standing, socioeconomic status. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and remember what my son Gianluca always says in his stand-up comedies. Go out there and love somebody. Thank you very much for listening. And we say till next time. Hasta la próxima. Au revoir. Ci vediamo. Ciao.